Hello guys, thank you for being again with us here on our program in quarantine. The dynamic for today is a bit different compared uh, to topics that we used to talk in our last episodes. Uh, however, that's not impediment, no? Knowing all their ways to learn or teach, and especially when it's referring uh, to a second language. Okay, during a lot of time, the process for English education has been the same in many places of the world, and especially uh, here in Colombia. It's always focused on the translation of the words uh, or the use of the grammar without before teachers contextualize, yeah? Contextualize with the purpose that children have a notion about in what moment or what they apply all the vocabulary that they have memorized. Those things are relevant to try getting a possible uh, solution or alternative to improve the learning of a second language as English. So, Anna, what can you tell us about it? Hi, Ryan. Nice to be here with you again. <laughs> hi, hi. Hi to the people who is listening to us. So, that's very interesting what you were saying. So, I'm, I'm going to talk about a little bit about the direct method uh, who, that was developed by Maximilian Berlitz in 1887 in the 19th century and its principles uh, were based on the assumption that L2 learning is similar to L1 learning. It was named direct because meaning should be connected to the target language without translation into the native language. It was originally known as the oral or natural method and was seen as an alternative to the grammar translation method that was ruling at the time. Um, the direct method was, was introduced first in, in France and Germany before coming popular in, in the United States. It was taught um, in private schools and college. In the direct uh, method, language is seen as, as what native speakers speak, so that learn, language learners not only learn the target language, but also the culture of the native speaker. The method also suggests that language is seen as a set of grammatical rules and vocabulary in real situations. Grammatical rules and vocabulary are present are, um, in text, oral or writing text. Um, language teachers should use the grammar and vocabulary in context and then relate them to the situations in the classroom. As long as the target language spoken by the language learners is understood by others, the language spoken is affected. So the most important thing here is communication. Vocabulary is emphasized over grammar. If language learners do not understand some words, the language teacher will demonstrate in the in the target language to make uh, the student understand the meaning through pictures, mimics, or other physical objects. Um, grammar is learned after the learners are able to use the language. So this leads uh, to grammar teaching in a, in a very inductive way. 
uh, the teacher uh, should provide many samples. I think that's so important so that the student can draw conclusions for these examples. There is not like an explicit grammar rule given by the teacher, but vocabulary exercise and systematic grammar drills might be given. Um, some characteristics of this topic, it's uh, first the instruction um, is conducted exclusively in the target language. So teacher should demonstrate, not explain or translate. Teachers and learners are more like, like partners. You know, um, learners are giving opportunities to interact with other learners. Uh, another one is the basic vocabulary that is instructed, introduced first, sorry. And um, so students are encouraged to make associations between meaning and the target language. Vocabulary is, 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 is told uh, through known words, concrete objects, pictures, the emphasis is on spoken language and vocabulary over grammar. Uh, another thing is that instructors should approach the teaching of grammar inductively. So this is um, on the assumption that L2 learners should learn grammar by interpreting contextual and situational um, cues rather than, than receiving long explanations. Rules um, of grammar are not given, and students need to figure them out. Um, another thing is that also the development of, of the four language skills, you know, listening, speaking, reading, and writing, is desirable. The emphasis is on, the, on developing um, speaking skills to communicate. Communication is paramount, and the main purpose of the language learning is to enable students to communicate in the target language. Uh, Self-correction is really important here. A number of techniques are employed to get a student to self-correct whatever is possible. And of course, of course the curriculum uh, is the base on real, is based in real life situations at the bar, at the shop, at the police station, or topics that are interesting for the students, like sports or hobbies or the weather. The main ad advantage of, of this method is that it makes the learning of language interesting and legally it, it facilitates learners' participation and understanding of the target language and foster their development of fluency of speech and expression. Learning is, is contextualized and learners learn the language, not about the language. It follows uh, the natural order of first language acquisition, that is listening, speaking, reading, and writing. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Uh, all of those things that Anna said are important to understand how the red metal works or how it's composed because it allows us to get a, a better idea about the following, you know, and they are students' role, teachers' role, and uh, of course the classroom organization. So let's start with the first one, student role. Okay, student role. 
The direct method aims at providing language learning with practical and useful knowledge of the target language so that they can use it for communication purposes. It requires high student motivation since all the lessons are focused on vocabulary using oral expression together with hard attention to the pronunciation. No? Another thing uh, to stand out is that students have to take advantage or be active in the participation spaces because they are uh, opportunities to improve communication, the, the expression of the idea, and their developing of fluency, fluency of speech. Yeah. The second, a teacher role. They have the commitment to activate the student through the creation of participation spaces and the, the contextualization, of course, about all the topics because usually teachers take the easy way, no? Translation. And that does not uh, allow no? that the student and the same educator improve in the sense of the methodology or alternative way to get possible results in the teaching and learning process. For that reason, the structure uh, must present inductively the grammar and be practiced in the community context due to learning is contextualized and students learn the language, not about the language. Yeah. Now the last one, classroom organization. Okay, to enjoy the learning process is necessary that teachers and students create moments where they can allow themselves to have a good communication for promoting a nice environment and developing the personal relation, no? Of course, eh, everything landing over discipline and respect, no? The idea is that each one can have a, a, an essential role in the discussion. Okay, that's what the characteristic, the concept, uh, the roles about the students and the teachers. Uh, yeah, the classroom organization. So I hope you uh, enjoy our podcast for today and see you in another opportunity. In another opportunity. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us. So we'll continue talking over here. Thank you so much. Brian, bye, people. Bye, bye. <laughs> Thank bye, bye, you. Guys.